Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as we have a conversation about the mundane. One thing that we can promise is that our conversation will be less than fascinating, so you can feel free to just drift off. Thank you for joining us. We hope you will listen and sleep. I'm your host, Marco Timpano, and joining me tonight on the Insomnia Project is a dear friend, Melanie Tapson. Melanie, welcome to the Insomnia Project. Thanks for having me, Marco. Uh, Melanie, we've known each other for well, years now, probably over a decade. Mm-hmm. And uh, I met you because I saw you perform on stage and you're quite a singer. Let me ask you, what road took you to song? That's a really good question, Marco. You know, when I was a kid, I grew up with a dad who loved the Beatles. And I actually once got grounded because my dad caught me listening to an ABBA record. Oh, I see. So he was very particular with the type of music that he wanted his kids to listen to. Yeah, and I had found this album cover, and it looked so exciting, Mm. and it was glossy and sparkly, and I put it on while he was at work, and he came home, and I put the record away, but I'd left the record Okay. On the turntable. Oh, mistake. So I got grounded. Oh, you got grounded for oh, listening to Oh, full stop. My goodness. Mm-hmm. So I grew up with a Beatles influence, okay. and I really liked singing harmonies. Oh. And that just made it something that I wanted to do more of. I enjoyed singing with other people. And singing brought you to voice and speech pathology and... Yeah all areas of the mouth and throat. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Before we go there, I want to say that when Melanie sat down today, I said, I have a special treat, but do not touch the grapes in front of you because I want you to try the grapes as we do the podcast. So our listeners who may have heard other podcasts will know that oftentimes Nidhi and I will try things on the podcast. So I made her try different types of mint and whatnot. But I found these grapes recently through a friend that I work with. She let me try them. I'm like, I need to find these grapes. So I want you to take a grape, as many as you like, and pop it in your mouth and tell me what you taste on the initial taste. So Melanie is now eating a grape, which is always interesting 
to listen to. It definitely has a flavor, apart from grape, like maybe pine trees. No, take another one. Oh boy. It's the initial first few bites. Okay. And it should remind you of childhood if, if the grape is doing its job. Maybe soapy. Okay. We're getting there. It's kind of like that, those gums that were okay. soapy. Yeah, we're getting there. So they're called cotton candy grapes. Amazing. So now that I've just had that, try it and do you taste yeah. it? They're very sweet grapes. They really are. That taste like cotton candy. The they're first few really bites. Really good. It is a confusing flavor it's with a, grape. If I would have told you cotton candy off the top, you would have got it. Because that's what I knew. But I wanted to see what you said. And yeah, it does have a sweet sort of interesting flavor. It's very sweet. Mm -hmm. It's very sweet. And then has this something. Something not congruent with grapes. Right. But that's really cool. Yeah, so they're, they're cotton candy grapes. And they're an ingenious breeding and farming sort of technique that yielded a very sweet grape. That tastes... The first few bites, anyways, taste like cotton candy and so that's where they get their name they're not genetically modified they've just been bred or maybe they are genetically modified because they're bred to be sweet but they're organic and there you go so throughout the podcast today wow. you're going to hear us chewing on some cotton candy grapes they're really good yeah super sweet and then they then they turn to a grapey flavor yes as you go as mm -hmm. you go forward right mm. Mm -hmm. my friend said i should freeze them and then have I've never had frozen grapes have you had frozen fruit when before? you first set them down and said don't touch them yet mm -hmm. I thought for sure they were frozen okay. grapes yeah I thought you were gonna mess with me no no so those are the cotton candy grapes frozen grapes are great to keep your wine cold oh I never thought of that if you think about it I sure. mean it's more grape on grape action sure and that way it doesn't water down your drink but do they bump on your lips as you drink the wine I mean so do ice cubes when you well, drink the coke I guess yeah I guess you're right where do we taste the flavor on our tongue. Mm. There's actually five regions of taste in your tongue. Oh. And each one of them is responsible for a different flavor. So you'll have one spot that's sweet or sour or bitter. And funny story, actually, sure. if you have some sort of trauma to your mouth, right. like you've had your tonsils out maybe, or really invasive dental work, you can kill all your taste buds at once. No. You can. It happened to me once. But they'll come back? Yeah, they do eventually come back, but they take a long time to come back. And they don't always come back all at the same time. Really? So when it happened to me, mm -hmm. I got bitter first. And I remember bitter specifically because I tried eating ice cream. And ice cream that isn't sweet is really quite disgusting really it's just cold and kind of goopy feeling and bitter well, well now they're doing all kinds of things with ice cream well gelato in particular well they'll where they'll use non-traditional flavors mm -hmm. so like olive oil ice cream or parmesan ice cream amanda mm -hmm. and i had uh, rosemary and raspberry ice cream ro rosemary raspberry or gelato i should say um when we were in italy and then we had a cheese flavor i can't remember oh, 
I'll have to ask Amanda, but it was like an interesting sort of oh, cheese-flavored ice my cream. My mom made lavender ice cream. Oh, yum. And she worked at this herb farm, mm-hmm. and they made everything from plants and flowers that sure. grew on the herb farm. And she would make these floral ice creams mm-hmm. to go with cakes okay. that were all made from flowers. Wow. And then on top, they would use edible flowers like nasturtiums, Right. put them on top, and put a beautiful glaze, and you would eat this flower cake with flower ice cream, but often with other herbs like rosemary or lavender, something unexpected. It's funny you should mention eating flowers, because today today we had a pasta, and we have fresh basil growing outside, mm. and... Um, we have two kinds of basil, the traditional Genovese or Italian basil, and then a small leaf. I believe it's called um, Greek basil. And one thing that my family always did, or my mom always did, is if the basil starts to flower, she'll deadhead it so the flowers won't bloom because supposedly it makes the basil bitter. Really? And so some of the small leaf basil was flowering, and I was putting some fresh basil on the pasta, and Amanda's like, here put the flowers on too. And I'm like, really? And she's like, yeah, you'd pay extra in a restaurant to have the basil flower on there wow. and they call it something fancy. And I'm like, you know, you're right. And so we put the, both the basil and some of the basil, basil flower onto our pasta and it was very pretty and tasted quite nice. Does the flower taste different from the leaves? It doesn't, it doesn't really have a taste that oh. I noticed. And they were very small flowers too. The basil flowers tend to be small and because these Little were guys. small leaf it was more decorative, let's say, than, than flavorful. Although I do love rose water. Really? Yeah, it's a really odd thing. I love lavender. I love everything about lavender. The smell, the look, the color, and in particular, the taste. And so oftentimes I'm accused of being an old British woman because I love these sort of flavors and scents. That's but fair. I will often take rose water, which is used a lot in Middle Eastern sweets. Uh, Lebanese cuisine and whatnot. Yeah. And I'll put a bit in my tea, a little bit of rose water in my tea, and I'm happy as can be drinking my tea with really? my dry scone and you know, knitting a purse and thinking of my days in England when I was an old woman. Amazing. No, but that's that's one of the um, things I really love. I love the taste of that. Don't you also spray rose water on your linens to make them smell nice? I haven't, but that wouldn't be a bad thing I feel to do. like I've heard of this. I know you can spray lavender scents on your pillows because yes. it's supposed to help you sleep. Mm-hmm. And I've tried that. And of course, it didn't work for me. And that's why we have the insomnia project going on because I still can't sleep. Melanie, I want to get into your voice therapy and speech pathology because mm-hmm. I find it fascinating. Um, so what brought you there? Well, as a young performer, I ran into problems with my own voice mm-hmm. and I met so many great therapists and singing teachers, but honestly, nobody who had been a therapist and also a singer. So I was a model patient. I did everything right. I was very motivated to change. Right. But we couldn't seem to find a way to get those changes to last when it came to the vocal demands that I had for my job. So I went back to retrain because I got tired of waiting for an answer and I thought, I'll find one myself. What's interesting is both you and I studied linguistics. It's true. So that's a commonality that we have. Another one that we have. I love languages. That's why I got into linguistics. So I love Wordplay. I love the English language and how certain words, I love the sociology behind it. Really? But I'm really not a fan of grammar. You know those people who are very 
I hate sticklers with grammar and using the proper tense and whatnot. And as someone who studied linguistics, I always love language for its ability to communicate and its ability to change Mm. and to have words disappear or come out of fashion or have meaning in words that aren't traditionally meant for what the word stands for. So, for example, you and I could have code words that other people couldn't understand that would be in English. So, for example, if it was like catching the bus and we said we use the term like milking the cow. And it's like, well, I've got to milk the cow if I'm going to go to work, meaning I have to get on the bus if I'm going to go to work. You and I could have this sort of coded language. And I love that you can do that with language and have it so that two people could have a conversation where others wouldn't understand. That's so great. I love the sounds of language. Okay. So I'm really into the phonetics. I loved phonetics. So I love hearing the way you say milk the cow and the way someone else says milk the cow. Right. I love those nuances of language. Or how... Obviously, we're we're both Canadian. How the Canadian accent is often um, mispronounced by people yes. who aren't Canadian, trying to do the out and about or the yeah. out and about the way we do it, and they say oot and boot, and no one that I know of from any region of Canada <laughs> says that. It's oot. actually Canadian raising. That's oh yes, the term for that. The way we shape our vowels that mm-hmm. make it sound distinctly Canadian. Yeah. I know that there's other words that we do that with. So out yeah. and about is the one that is like really well known. Yeah. And then I love hearing the maritime car, which is car. It's car. Car, which is it one is of my car. favorite. C-R, car. Car. There's no A in the middle. I, those you, you, I should mention time. that you are originally from the Maritimes, mm-hmm. so you. And I'm usually pretty good at blending in. Sure. So people don't know in terms of my accent, mm-hmm. but. If you get in a car to go to the bar to have a party, you will know where I'm from. There you go. Every time. There you go. It's always interesting, too, when someone tells you you have an accent. Mm-hmm. And it, it happened when I was working on a cruise ship. And people I was working with people from all over the world, in particular the U.S. And they were like, oh, you have a very strong accent. I said, I do. Because amongst your compatriots, your comrades, your peers, colleagues, you don't have an accent. And it's only when it's pointed out mm-hmm. that you're like, oh, I guess I do. <laughs> and I remember when I lived in New York, I started to hear my friend's Canadian accent as mine morphed into more of a New York. Um, I wouldn't say a New York accent, but it became more American similar to yeah, similar to what my peers sounded like. I'm very susceptible to that. Are you? Very. I also love the sound of different languages, languages that... I don't know how to speak. Not that I know how to speak right. a vast amount of languages. I'm sounding like I'm some sort of, you know, <laughs> amazing polyglot. But really, I love the sound of different languages and hearing, trying to pick up. Like if you're watching a foreign film and you pick up the words that they use often. So mm-hmm. if you're watching a foreign film and you're reading the screen and you hear the word and and you pick up or no or yes or hello. Those and you, common words. You pick that up. It's always fun. We were just saying my daughter is 14 months now, mm-hmm. and hearing her try her best to speak English before she has the words for it right. makes it sound like 
this is what I think English sounds like. Oh, I see. And you can hear there's like a cadence to it. She is definitely using sounds from English, right. but they don't make any sense. Right. And it reminds me of when I first met somebody who spoke Japanese as a first language. Mm-hmm. And her voice in Japanese was quite low and quite abrupt. Sure. But then when she spoke English, she would immediately use this very high, really? sing-songy voice. Because to her, that's what English sounds oh, like. It's so interesting because I often wonder if I... And I'll ask Amanda, I'll say, do I sound different when I speak Italian or Spanish? And like, does my voice change? I should have really asked you because you'd be able to tell right away. But she's like, no, you just sound Italian, she'll say. And I'm like, well, that doesn't help me. Right. But I'm, I'm often... I'm often curious if I sound different when I'm speaking one of the other languages I speak. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, one of the sort of measurements that I found that really sort of suggested when I was fluent in another language is when I dreamed in that language. I so heard this. I've, I've, I grew up as a child speaking Italian and then being raised in Canada. We spoke English once my sister was born and I was going to school. But I always spoke it a bit. Then I studied in university, and then I won a scholarship to study in Italy. And it was when I was in Italy, one night a friend called me from Canada early in the morning, and I picked up the phone, and I just started speaking in Italian because I was still half asleep. And my friend was like, you're speaking in Italian, Marco. I don't understand what you're saying. But because I hadn't woken up yet, I was just deferring to the language. And, And then I realized when I was dreaming in Italian, I was like, I must be fluent in that language you know i use that analogy a lot actually Mm -hmm. so uh i work with singing voice rehab but i also work with transgender voice therapy oh this is fascinating and this is an interesting link so So before we go mm -hmm. let's explain exactly what that is for our listeners who may not be aware of what that is before you so if you're still awake and you're still with us Mm -hmm. uh, a singing voice therapist is somebody who works specifically on fine-tuning the issues you might be having with your singing voice sure so it might be a problem that no one else in the world notices except you the singer in a certain song on a certain vowel when you try to audition for something and now it's not the best it's been so that's what I I love doing as a singer myself but I also work with a transgender voice where I might help somebody who is transitioning find a voice that's more congruent and authentic with how they see themselves with their self-identity fascinating it's really neat so one thing I often talk about is that If you are now talking to yourself in your new voice, in your authentic voice, you're there. Because a lot of times people will have a great voice that's come out of their mouth, done good work, and it's starting to sound very authentic, Sure. especially for a trans woman. Maybe she's sounding very feminine, but she's still talking to herself in her head in that old voice. I see. And you don't always check that at the door. Wow. Yeah. That's fascinating. That brings me to your website which is melanietapson.com for anyone who wants therapy for their singing voice or singing rehab Mm -hmm. or as you just mentioned transgender voice Mm -hmm. you also do swallowing rehab i do i do now one of the things that i mentioned to you before we started taping the podcast is that you bring a unique perspective to anyone who is doing singing voice rehab being a singer yourself. That's right. I think that's very different. So tell me about that. I'm a singer, let's say I'm not, but let's Mm -hmm. say I'm a singer and I have an issue with my voice. Mm -hmm. What would 
that entail when they come to see you? Or what are some commonalities? Let's let's start with what are some commonalities that singers have that you would work on? So oftentimes it will be something as subtle as, you know, my range seems to be a little smaller than it was the last time I did this show or the last time I sang that, sang that song. It used to be easier, now it's harder. Uh, my range has changed a little. Or I used to have a really easy time crossing over those breaks that we hear in your voice. Okay. And now they're giving me a hard time. Right. Those are very common problems. Or maybe so these coarseness are, that doesn't go away. These are common problems. Mm -hmm. Or coarseness that doesn't go away. Yeah. What would be a cause, let's say, of coarseness that doesn't go away? Well, if somebody is hoarse, it could be because they use their voice too much the last few days. Or they pushed a little too hard. could be a viral infection, I something see. that's going around. Or it could be something that we want to investigate maybe just to make sure the health of the vocal cords are, are really good oh wow and what do vocal cords look like you know they actually look like the whites of your thumbnails oh they're about that size really yeah and they're white and they make a little v-shape and they're in your neck right behind your adam's apple oh, i like to think of them as being attached right behind the adam's apple wow mm -hmm. now what about someone who just wants to deal with a voice issue well you know what's great about voice therapy mm -hmm. it doesn't have to wait until you're injured or you're hurt or damaged right you can do some great work somebody like yourself who right. speaks for a living mm -hmm. whether it's doing your podcast or working anywhere that you do work your voice is really important to you right and in order to keep it in its best shape we can do some great work together to make sure you don't end up getting injured could you do this through Skype or does it have to be in person? So, for Great example, question. we have listeners who are all over the world, actually. Mm -hmm. I want to say uh, hi to our listeners in Topeka, Kansas. We seem to have a lot of friends out there as well wow. as in Red Deer, Alberta. Topeka, Kansas. Nanaimo, BC. We have listeners, all United Emirate, uh, Emirates, um, you know, all over Switzerland. We have some listeners. Wow. Uh, so let's say our Swiss listener. Mm -hmm. Has trouble yodeling. Yes. I know that sounds very stereotypical, but let's just say I love, by the way, for the record, I love yodeling and I love to yodel. I don't know if you know this about no. me. Yeah. Well, I would imagine for a Swiss who could not yodel, it would be a lot like somebody who was a Spanish speaker who couldn't roll their R's. There you go. You know, it, it might actually be. I don't know. It might be that devastating. And let's say they want to get in touch with you. And mm -hmm. I know that you're one of the, if not the top Voice, voice therapist for, in particular, singers. Marco, thank you. No problem. MelanieTapson.com. Look on our website uh, and on this episode, and I'll make sure that I spell out your Thanks. name properly. What if they want to get in touch with you? Can they? They absolutely can. And I actually have a setup where we can do sessions together over your computer. Mm -hmm. It's ideal if I can meet you in person so right. I can feel around the muscles, so I can really see and hear what's happening. But worst case scenario, if you can't get to me here in Toronto mm -hmm. or in one of the other places that I work, I can definitely work with you online. And all you have to do is reach out to me through my website. I've made it really easy. There's also some great information there. Great. I kind of work really hard to make people independent. I talk myself mm -hmm. out of a lot of work, but I want people to have good information about caring for their voices. So go to melanietapson.com and mention, read up on your voice. Mention the insomnia project. Mention the insomnia project. And, I'd love to know that you heard and this. And Melanie will hook you up with something a little special if you do. I will, just for you, Marco, and your listeners, you bet. There you go. Now, 
back to yodeling because I don't want to just drop this issue Tell and see and seem like um, do it was you just. Yodel? I do yodel and I love yodeling, and so I'm not making fun of people or the Swiss who are some of the best yodelers mm-hmm. in the world. I. So my mother is from the northern part of Italy, and uh, as a result, from from Friuli, where the Alps are, and so not that she ever yodeled, but she heard a lot of yodeling. No, in the Alps. I don't even think so. Uh, but any time, let's say on the Lawrence Welk show, okay. there was someone dressed in a traditional, let's say, um, Austrian or Swiss or um, you know traditional Alpine outfit. Mm-hmm my entire mother's side of the family would gravitate to the TV because mm. a lot of that sort of Tyrolean look is akin to what they had in their part of Italy. And yeah. so uh, oftentimes you would have people who would yodel or do those kind of songs. And so it was a big event. We all loved to watch it. And so I grew up with an appreciation for yodeling. And my dad used to take me as a child mushroom picking. Because my dad and my uncle really knew the mushrooms you could or could not eat. So oh, I would. That must be important to know. Without a doubt. If you're going to eat wild mushrooms, you need to know. And I don't advise anyone picking mushrooms and eating them unless you're with a qualified or someone who really knows mushrooms. I'm sure there's a term for that. Mushroomologist or something. And there you go. Well, I See, could use one because there's mushrooms in my front yard and I'd like to know if they're edible. Well, do not eat them until you find, find that out. But, Sound uh, advice. We would go into forests. And I, as a child, would start yodeling, right? And the sound of a yodel in a forest is just absolutely fantastic. My dad would just, like, turn and look at his son yodeling, you know, six, seven-year-old son yodeling in the forest. And I just loved it because I have a loud, booming voice. Traditionally, like, if you meet me, it's, it's a pretty loud voice. Well, young Marco, who was, like, thunderous with his yodels in the forest. Wow. And I would advice if you're ever in a not so great mood just yodel it'll immediately put you in a better mood really yeah you know i think i would be terrible at yodeling and the reason is i disagree yodeling i'll tell you why tell me from a technique perspective okay when i trained as a singer Mm -hmm. i worked very hard to smooth out those register breaks sure so i had a seamless one kind of voice all the way from the bottom all the way up to the top or at least it sounded that way Mm -hmm. certainly we make different adjustments high and low right but people like people who yodel or Mm -hmm. for example sarah mclaughlin who does those flips to get up into that sound sure they're doing the opposite they're jumping that break and they're literally hopping right over it and because i worked so hard to smooth that out i see i really struggle with those flips that would make me a good yodeler so your knowledge of technique and your master at doing that would be a hindrance when you're yodeling because you would want to get the technique exactly. down pat. Yeah, Whereas, so I have a very North American, Broadway, jazz, sort of contemporary pop sound right. that doesn't jive well with traditional yodeling. Amazing. Now I think I want to go learn how to yodel. You know what? When you learn how to yodel, we will have you... Well, we'll have you back on the show anytime you want. Done. But if you do... Get your yodel on. Please let us know because we would love to have you on the show to tell us about more about yodeling. Well, I hope somebody who's listening knows a what's an expert in yodel, a yodelologist. And, Yod- and that just brings yodeling. us back to 
are Let my love for linguistics because you can say a yodelologist and everyone knows and what know, everyone knows what it means but it's probably not the right term no and that's why i love <laughs> linguistics melanie tapson i want to thank you so much for being a part of the insomnia project thank you marco you can find out more about what melanie does at melanietapson.com feel free to give her a ring or send her an email feel free to send us a tweet at listen and sleep as always the insomnia project is produced by drumcast productions and tonight's show is recorded on queen street here in toronto canada <laughs>